Yeah, man. So how about that ending in Game of Thrones when Jon had to kill Danny? Whoa, 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 bro, dude. What? Spoilers. What? This is a spoilers. It came out like four months ago. Where have you been? Oh, I... Welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, <laughs> your favorite podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. Yeah. <laughs> nice little jewel hit before the show. Well, uh, it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're excited to be back with you guys. Excited to uh, get a chance to chat with you guys about some of the goings on. Um, and uh, uh, Matt, did you remember to hit record this time? It's not that I didn't hit record. <laughs> I didn't turn the fucking soundboard on. Okay. Just Wait. because it's picked, the mics are picking up doesn't mean it's recording. So is the soundboard on? Yes. Yeah, the blue I'm light means It's all glowy on. and flashy. Fucker. It looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, yes, of course, I've seen the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, you're probably asking why the fuck are we talking about that because yeah, haven't we already ago. talked enough about Game of Thrones? And right. the answer is... No, we have not, Apparently but not. Apparently that's not. not what we're here to talk about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things we want to talk about, so let's jump in, I guess, to uh, coin a phrase or turn a phrase, or how do you print, I don't know. Does it Something matter? Like I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to steal uh, Philip DeFranco's gimmick, you know? Uh, oh, gimmick God. In, gimmick infringement. We love, All right, anyway. We so love stealing gimmicks. So, yeah, we do. We do. We really do. But let's talk about it. So, uh, something that came out of Hobbs and Shaw. Now, if you are true reviewers, you've been listening to our show, you know that we believe that there is a rock bubble. That Dwayne Johnson has a bubble just like every other bubble that's out there, just like a superhero bubble. And we believe that the rock bubble, or at least Matt believes that the rock bubble is going to burst. It will. I disagree. I think that the rock bubble will never burst and he's the greatest thing that the earth has ever received in the history of humanity. So, with that said, with that said we want to talk a little bit about uh, the ending of... Uh, the brand new movie Hobbs and Shaw that just came out last weekend. Now, this is going to be totally spoiler-free uh, as opposed to what we usually do. Um, mainly because we haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, mainly because we haven't seen the movie. We would normally spoil the hell out of it, but uh, we're not going to do that today because we haven't seen it. So, Lucky you. Yeah, lucky you. But what we are going to talk about is the news that did hit us, and apparently at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie... Uh, they spoil the ending of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and it's we great. are just asking ourselves, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like, why do you care? Yeah. Now, now, let's ask ourselves why. So let's say that they spoiled the end of Endgame instead of Game of Thrones because essentially it kind of came out around the same time Endgame came out a few weeks before, but Game of Thrones was up and running when Endgame was uh, happening. Um, but for the spoiler, they gave away the ending of Game of Thrones, and I I think that's fine. Yeah, it, it literally, for people that are complaining about this, you're fucking stupid, because it literally, I mean, you don't need to, we don't need to say anything else. Game of Thrones came out... Four months ago at this point. If you have not seen it, you clearly don't care enough to be worried about spoilers. Like, right. I can see, you know, two, three weeks, like, Max missing the finale. Because, like, you know, not everybody can is, is free on Sunday nights. Like, you know, I, I get it. It's fine. But, you know, streaming, like, whatever. Watch it, whatever. But yeah. we are literally four months out from the finale. So, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, is it really that big a deal that they spoiled the ending? Now, here's... Here's the situation, and the reason I brought up uh, Endgame as opposed to Game of Thrones is because Game of Thrones sucked. It ended <laughs> shitty. It was not good. But if it was good, would I have been more upset? No. Because, no, I, again, I don't think yeah, so. It's, yeah. it's like, what, like, do you not have, I mean, unless you're living in, like, a third world country where there's no internet, even if you hadn't, even if by some chance you still had not watched Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones finale, you would have literally needed to avoid everything on the internet for a solid four weeks to avoid any spoilers, because yeah. as soon as it ended, there were nothing but spoilers on the internet. Yeah, especially because it sucked. Yeah. Because nobody liked it, because it wasn't, or not nobody, I'm sure there's people out there that liked it. And I mean, I kind of liked it. 
For what it for what it was, we're not gonna get into this. No, we're not gonna get into this. The last ten minutes was okay. Fuck you. We're not gonna get into this whole thing. But something that I do want to point out, right? Is if they were able to film a scene where they give away the ending to Game of Thrones, does that mean that they had access to the script beforehand? When did they do the reshoots? Did they do reshoots for this movie in order to put a one line of dialogue in there? Like, that, that is more impressive to me that they yeah. thought that this one line of dialogue was that important that they did reshoots two months before the movie comes out? Like, I mean, is I... That, is that... Like, did that happen? Is I, that how they got, like, or did they get an early copy of the script? Now, yeah. I mean, it's Dwayne Johnson. He right. probably didn't get anything, but. Dwayne Johnson we, probably wrote it, for all we know. <laughs> I mean, like. Executive producer, yeah. at least. <laughs> not not having seen Hobbs and Shaw yet, not knowing where this, exactly where this line gets dropped, I would say it's entirely possible that they just did some reshoots towards the end of production. Because, you know, you got to remember, too, like, this is not a movie that's going to be too heavy on the CGI effects, so there's not as much time needed in post-production, so it's a lot easier to squeeze in those last-minute scenes if they want to. You know, like, my guess is it's probably a scene where it's like, again, haven't seen the movie, but it's probably just a scene where it's just two of them talking, and, you know, there's probably no explosions involved, so it's probably really easy to reshoot because every movie has reshoots, you know? Some more so than others. Some reshoots ruin movies, as we've talked about before, but every movie is always bound to have reshoots. It's built into the schedule as part of the contract when when a, an actor and director and the whole team first signs on for a movie. There's always going to be reshoots. So I think you're right. They probably re, uh, just added this scene, you know, a couple months ago when the whole thing was in post-production, almost wrapped up, and just probably was like, hey, I bet this would be funny. Yeah, I mean, but, like, was the movie not funny enough? Like, was it, like, like, like I can't imagine, like, hey, let's spend a few, because, like, it costs about $50,000 a day to be able yeah. to to be able to shoot a movie and even like like seconds of a movie, yeah. right? But this is this is DJ we're talking about. The guy wakes up and shits fifty thousand dollars. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah, he spends fifty thousand okay. dollars on his Sunday sushi meals. Like, <laughs> also have you seen those true. things on his Instagram? <laughs> it takes up like an entire table. It's like fifteen pounds of raw fish. <laughs> Yeah, that's 100%. I love that that's his cheat meal, too. That's usually what people are like, oh, I want to get sushi because I want to eat healthy. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, rice be, and vegetables. Well, to be but fair, that's you like know, rocks like cheat meal. Yeah, I mean, you know, sushi is very healthy for the most part, especially if you're eating just like the straight raw fish. You know, but, you know, if you're eating 17 rolls that are all wrapped in rice, it's a lot of carbs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a lot of carbs. Yeah, and especially downing a whole bottle of tequila and. And washing it all down with a couple of cookies yeah. and a stack of pancakes. That's right. He does have the cookies, too. <laughs> he does. I don't think he's, he's a human. Machine, I don't man. think he's human. Like, I just – I really don't. Uh, he's awesome. He's just the greatest the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, but, no, like, it's just – it's it's really funny. I just – I think it's funnier to think about them, like, re, like, pitching the fact that, oh, hey, you know, let's give a spoiler to Game of Thrones away at the end. And either they had the script early, which – I mean, I like, doubt it. I mean, if they did, like, that would be very surprising because it was under such lock and key that they yeah. didn't let anybody have it. And then, like, if they didn't, they waited for it to come out. And what did they do? The next day they were in the studio? Now, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. You know, it doesn't really shock me. But wouldn't it be great if the whole scene was just fully CGI'd and they just completely animated The Rock and Jason Statham for this one scene oh, just because they didn't feel like getting them back on set. <laughs> like in, like in uh, The Mummy Returns where The Rock's face is animated at the end. It's not actually The Rock. He's on a scorpion body. I was actually thinking more of like that scene in uh, Harold and Kumar's Christmas where they take the LSD oh, and they go yeah. claymation for that scene. You know? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh my god, if they go claymation and stop motion and to give away the spoiler, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be the best ever. All right, so the uh, next thing we want to talk about, because well, I'm, just, no, I'm itching to talk about this. Come on. All right. I'm itching just, to talk just, about do this. Do you care? I guess, all right. Fine, no, we don't care. We don't care. We don't care. How, much, you you gonna, care? how much are we going to pick this apart? <laughs> it can't go any further. Yeah, it can't go The bit further. is done. All right. All right. <laughs> so, as everybody knows, I'm in a Rotten Tomatoes Fantasy Draft League. It's yep. a whole lot of fun. Um, yep. I'm getting absolutely spanked this year, in case anyone is wondering, because I put all of my eggs in the Matthew McConaughey basket this oh, year. Oh, 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 oh. Um, and, uh, all right, all right, all right. Man, it is all bad, all bad, all bad. What we are now <laughs> calling uh, the McConaughey has totally fucked me because two of his movies that 
Regardless of what I thought they looked like, I thought they both looked good. Uh, critics uh, disagreed. I think the two together averaged roughly a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, that just sank, sunk my ship before it even got started. Anyway, so we always talk about movies in the league. Uh, friend of the show, John, who's in the league, and uh, enemy of the podcast, Dan Tucker. Uh, also, yeah, he requested to be called enemy of the podcast. Oh, enemy of the podcast. Well, yeah. Dan Tucker, guess what? He's like number one on the hit list. Dude, he's like... Dan is like the Newman to our podcast. <laughs> like anytime I, we put out a new episode, he listens to it, and I just wait for my phone to start buzzing, and I see it's him, and it's just like when Jerry opens the door, and it's like, hello, Tucker. And he's just got a laundry <laughs> list of things that he has feedback on. I'm just like, God damn it. And I'm not going to argue this now. Anyway, so he, so they brought to our attention this article. Uh, it's on a website that, I'll be honest, I've never even heard of this website. It's called BGR. It's probably a really popular website. Yeah, actually. big gay resources. resources. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's written by a guy named Chris Smith, the most generic name ever. Um, yep. And it's all about his thoughts on how and why Spider-Man Far From Home was, quote, ruined. Uh, quote yeah. yeah so he starts by talking about how the screenwriters for the movie did not actually uh get to see the script to endgame when they were making the movie um so they were they they, they were given a general gist of what happens in the movie so it's like you know you know time travel tony stark dies black widow dies blah 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 and then they were just given that to run with so they were trying to fill in a lot of blanks which arguably is really hard and as we'll talk about later tonight spider-man far from home was Fucking incredible. Yeah, and it was. This guy makes a lot of points that just like reasons why he didn't like the movie. And I'm okay if, you know, we talk about this all the time. If you don't like the movie and you have a legitimate reason to, it's fine. But if you're trying to argue the fact that you didn't like a movie because it didn't meet your very specific expectations, it's what any of the podcast and I, Dan Tucker, call the Last Jedi argument. Oh, yeah. Because people had some very specific expectations for The Last Jedi, almost none of which were met. Green and it sounds like I'm going to beat you. <laughs> green lightsaber. Why wasn't it a green lightsaber? God. All right, never mind. So let's anyway. take this guy's point by point because all of them are <laughs> stupid. So his first point is. Is about Edith, the use of Edith and the creation of Edith in Far From Home. And the point he makes is, uh, a couple points actually, is yep. his first point is, who who created Edith after Tony Stark died? And right. that answer is very simple. It, there's two answers. There's, there's a number of different answers. The most obvious one is that Tony Stark probably fucking created Edith before he died because Tony Stark always has some kind of contingency plan. It's been very well established that he's always working on something. Like, And even if he wasn't finished before he died, Pepper Potts was still there in charge of Stark Industries for, the, for the, after all the time after uh, Tony Stark died in Endgame. Like... She could have done it, or it could have been like a Jarvis thing. Remember when Jarvis used to make all the Iron Man suits without any help from Tony Stark? Yeah. Jarvis could have finished it with, or not Jarvis, um, uh, Friday could have just finished it with the fucking AI. Like, stupid, stupid. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And, I mean, they, I guess they were given an early copy of the movie. Yeah. So they saw the movie before everyone else, but they didn't, they weren't able to read the script. Right. Right? And so, you know, he's, he's trying to make some points and like, Okay, with Edith, right? And, like, the fact that, like, why didn't he use it against Thanos? That was it's, so dumb. It's the dumbest argument because it's literally like taking a hornet's nest and trying to throw it at a tank. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, hey, when we stormed the beaches of Normandy, guys, we had bees. Yeah. Why didn't we use the bees? <laughs> like, like we, could've, we could've saved lives yeah. if we just used the bees. Like, the like, drones... What? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, the drones in... The drones that comprised Edith shot bullets. Just human, like, 9 millimeter fucking bullets. And Spider-Man in the movie took out almost all of them just on his own. So you mean to tell me that even that even one of Thanos' henchmen could have taken out all those drones? They would have completely fucking useless to send the drones in. It would have wasted time. Dude, Thanos would have had a taco fart and they would have all <laughs> like, like they just would have—they wouldn't even been there. Like yeah. it's so dumb to even think about. Exactly. Like, he, like literally, like, he wouldn't even need the gauntlet in order to snap his fingers and have all of those drones destroyed. Yeah, I'm just picturing like a like a Superman move where he just like blows his super breath and the drones just all like scatter like dust particles. Yeah. Like just, just 
gone. Yeah, it's so yeah. stupid. So yeah. dumb. Yeah, and let alone the other guys that he had. Like, yeah. Uh, like Mog or, or Proxima Midnight. Yeah, of course, Glaive. Yeah, Anyone could have. Ebony yeah, Maw with his telekinesis yeah. could have just smashed them all together into a tiny little ball. Yeah, dude, Ebony Maw, like, he would have destroyed those in yeah. a heartbeat. Instantly. So, yeah. so that's yeah. why they didn't use them. Idiot. Yeah. So the next dumb. point he makes, this is my favorite point, because it is by far the stupidest argument he makes in the entire article. 100%. So he talks about how um, in, in the events, during the events of... Both Endgame and Far From Home, he specifically starts with Far From Home, when, you know, you have these giant elemental creatures that Mysterio is fighting. Yep. And his argument essentially boils down to, where's the government? Where's the army? Where's the contingency plans? And he, and he goes on to say, don't you think that after the Thanos event, that governments of the world would be better prepared to handle these sort of, uh, sort of threats? Bro. What what country are you living in? Our have you been to the DMV, man? Yeah. <laughs> Our government can't handle when a small town in Texas barely floods. The FEMA shelters are overflowing. They can't do jack shit. So you expect any government, just just focusing on our government, forget the rest of the governments in the world, any government to be able to develop some sort of extraterrestrial response in just five years, mind yeah. you, after half of the population was wiped out. Dumb. Yeah, and that's that's the key. I mean, half the population was wiped out, right? And I mean, right now there are so many industries that are going through a huge what they call knowledge shortage, right? Things yeah. like construction and oil and gas where they don't have the engineers that are experienced enough because there were too many aid there's an aging workforce. Exactly. Right? That's a real problem that's happening in today's world right now. Yeah. Right? So imagine if literally half the population was gone. You don't have the expertise, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the know-how yeah. to be able to create an adequate response. Just look right? what just look what happened when the government got shut down earlier in the year for <laughs> just like a month and, and within like a week trash was overflowing at the national parks because you know half the fucking people weren't there like come on it's just a dumb argument yeah it's really dumb and like how come they didn't have a better security plan well look the avengers were the security plan yeah exactly right? and like you ha only have so many avengers that you can spread around and to take care of so many things and that's why you need to be able to have Avengers be autonomous. Yeah. So if Spider-Man is there, which Nick Fury, well, fake Nick Fury, I guess, but was like trying to get Spider-Man yeah. on the job, right? And, you know, unfortunately, just... Yeah, didn't. it's like one of those points. Yeah. It's like, uh, furthermore, like, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. worked for... S.H.I.E.L.D. was part of the government. S.H.I.E.L.D. founded the Avengers. That was their response. Hey, how do we respond to extraterrestrial and supernatural threats? With a bunch of extraterrestrials and supernatural people. That was the response. Yeah. Half of them got wiped out. So, like, reading that argument, I was like, it just doesn't make any sense to yeah. make that argument. And then, if you're going to make that argument, what about where, where where was the government during the Battle of New York? Where was the government when Ultron attacked? You know, it, come on. Yeah. You know, I wish that they would have had a scene... Um, Spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen it yet, but it doesn't really give away too much. But there's a scene in the show The Boys where Homelander shows up and he does that really cliche superhero line yeah. where he looks down at the soldiers and he goes, you guys are the real heroes. <laughs> and, then, and then just goes and, and wipes out the target. Yeah. Right? But, like, it's awesome. Like, that's what I imagine the superheroes, like, being able to do. Or, like, that scene from... Um, um, uh, was it Hancock, right? With Will oh Smith, yeah, yeah. Where he goes in, he, he like looks at the cops. He goes, "Good job." Yeah, and tries good to give them a yeah, good, good job. job. Yeah, good job. Or, or he, my favorite is when he's trying to move the. <laughs> and he goes, "Permission to touch your body," and she's like, "Yes, yeah, just get me out of here." Just get me the f out. Just like a hail of bullets coming down. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. Like, and the other point I want to make about this too, uh, as it relates to the whole government thing, because you know we here at Ready Set Review, we are studies on these movies, and if you really want to know where the government's priorities were between Infinity War and Endgame and during that whole thing. All you need to do is watch Infinity War, that scene where Cap shows up at the Avengers compound where Rhodey is talking to uh, Secretary Ross, and they already know that Thanos has attacked. What's the very first thing that Ross says when he sees Captain America? Arrest him. Arrest him. Clearly, his priorities yeah. are not protecting the planet. Yeah. It's arresting Captain America. And does it surprise you if you look at our government today? Is it really that much of a shocker? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. Definitely not. 
So the other thing this guy says that, quote, ruins this movie is the whole Quentin Beck multiverse thing. Um, so as we, you know, we all got excited when we heard multiverse and uh, different Earth and Earth 616 in the trailer. And as we yeah, know, I mean, from, it was really cool to hear the 616, you know, because it was like a nice little like nod yeah. back to the comic book. But now we know, having seen the movie, that that was just a cop out for the movie. And Quentin Beck was not from a different Earth. So the point he goes on to make is that, well, uh, how would Nick Fury, like, how would Nick Fury not know like who Quentin Beck actually was, and that he worked for Stark and blah blah blah? How would he just like buy into this multiverse theory thing? And um, now is when I'm starting to think that this guy just might not have even seen Far From Home, because if you stayed for the after credit scene, you would know that the Nick Fury and Maria Hill we saw in the entire movie were goddamn fucking squirrels. Yeah, they were squirrels. So they were not as smart as the actual Nick Fury. And like, just, hey, you remember that planetary defense thing that you were talking about? They're literally off-world figuring out how to fight against aliens. Oh, my God. They're that's such a good there. point. <laughs> they're not there. That's such a good point. Whoa, I didn't even where, think about where that. Where were they? Well, they're fucking off-world. Wow. Where we see them at the end of the movie. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's a really great point. That's a really so, great point. Yeah. So, okay. Maybe he just didn't stay for the after-credits scenes. Yeah, maybe. 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 Yeah. Not a true Marvel fan. Not a true believer. Jackass. Yeah. So the other thing that he talked about is oh, yeah. is Quentin. Or wait, where are we? No, we talked. We just talked about Quentin Beck. Yeah, we we did talk the about glue. Quentin Beck. Yeah, yeah, the, the glue. glue of the universe. Talking about the Avengers being the glue of the universe, right? Being the glue of the MCU, and I wholeheartedly disagree with that. And in fact, like the MCU is made by their characters. We had the movies. We had, in fact, we have several movies. Of multiple characters, we had set, we had two movies of Thor, two movies of Iron Man, and then a movie of the Hulk and a movie of Captain America before the Avengers movie even came out, right? So to say that the Avengers are the glue that holds the universe together, that's just that's that's a that's garbage. Yeah, that's it's just, garbage. It's just false. It's the characters themselves that hold the universe together, right? And so like the Avengers, like that's you know having them not be there, it's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. You want to see Spider-Man taking care of something in the comic books it's very important that people like are protecting their own like yeah should there have been maybe like a french or i guess wait where were they they were in italy at the time well they went to no, they went to two different countries italy was first then yeah. they went to but that's where they fought hydro man was in italy. yeah it was like italy prague so, and like, then should there have Paris, been maybe like an italian superhero who showed up and maybe tried to do some stuff have you seen italians fight man <laughs> can't. Oh, excuse me rocky marciano was an amazing fighter thank you very much <laughs> only undefeated well i yeah. guess not the, now with uh, floyd mayweather the only way the italians would have beaten hydro man is if they had enough fucking wine in them to get their wine muscles and get all drunk and rowdy at you. Oh, give me my brochure. Yeah, hey, exactly. where's the mozzarella? Yeah, beat you with give the extra hard salami. You got the tomatoes on there? Uh, <laughs> we're allowed to make fun of Italians because we are Italian. That's right. That's exactly. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Not appropriating any culture uh, except our own. Yeah, that's right. Social justice warriors get on us. <laughs> Cocks on Yeah, us. so Chris Smith, um, you are... You're an idiot. You're Learn an how idiot. to research and read and make proper arguments. Yeah, make, make a better argument next time because your argument is invalid. But you are an invalid. What's super valid is the fact that Far From Home was fucking dope. Far From Home is possibly my – this is tough to say because I am a mark for Spider-Man, as everyone knows. So it's really hard for me to, to say this, but this might be the best Spider-Man movie ever made as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I would have to uh, agree with you. I would say – I would say the, the, the two together. I would say yeah. Spider-Man, you know, Homecoming and Far From Home, them together are much better than – and it's hard because Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 um, – I mean Spider-Man 2 is like the gold standard. Yeah. And I think it's a little – you know, and to be fair, this movie has a bit of an unfair advantage because of its because connection of, to the MCU. The right. Like, you know, because that, that scene where he's in the, the Quinjet with Happy – and he basically, like, you know, become, like, the scene is like an allegory for him becoming Tony Stark. And it shows him making his own suit and he's working with the AI. Yep. And he's doing all the touchscreen stuff just like Tony Stark used to do. And he puts on, you know, Happy puts on fucking ACDC in yeah. the background. Like, that scene was just 
so <laughs> what does awesome. he call it? Led Zeppelin. Yeah, he calls it Led Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> but it is, you know, like as awesome as that scene was, you know, you have to admit that it is a bit. It gives the movie a bit of an unfair advantage over other Spider-Man movies because they don't have that connection to a broader universe. But still, even if you strip that stuff out. The just everything, top to bottom, the script, the acting, the cinematography, the directing, the, the the character development, the story, just like everything was so spot on, especially let's just jump right to the end, man. That after credit scene so with, cool. It's so cool. Spoiler alert again, but fuck you if you haven't seen it yet. Fucking J the only J. Jay Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons, that's kind of confusing, yeah. Yeah. comes back as, oh my god, it's, it's like, and it's such a great little, like, dig at people like Alex Jones, because they've got him on, like, yeah. an InfoWars yeah. style I mean, thing, you know, exactly and he's on this was. big screen, and he's got no hair, but he still has, like, the same Hitler mustache, and he's playing the part to perfection, and you find out that he is, uh, you know, the spoiler alert at the end is there, you find out that after Quentin Beck supposedly died, um, he had uploaded, uh, one of his lackeys had taken some, uh, some stuff with him at the end, uh, which some, with some video that was then doctored to make it seem like Spider-Man had issued the order to kill a bunch of innocent civilians. Right. And then he releases the information to the entire world that right. Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And then it just ends. And it's such a great fucking scene, not just because of what happened, but J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson, and it was glorious. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's let's dwell on this, and let's unpack it for a little bit, right? Because they introduced the concept— What, are we in a boardroom? Let's unpack it for a yeah, little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, come on. You know, <laughs> listen, I got, you know, I got, I got a nice little piece of news today. Bam! Uh, and, uh, you know, got to get into that corporate mindset. Um, anyway, so, so talking a little bit about— um, uh, what happened at the end, and let's unpack it, they introduced the multiverse, right? And it ends up being fake. The multiverse is not really real. For now. For now. But that's what I'm saying, right? Because they didn't announce in at Comic-Con this year any further Spider-Man movies. In fact, we don't know where Spider-Man is going to show up. Right. Right? So, not until at least Phase 5. Right. Not until at least Phase 5. Or maybe, maybe but like cameos. Maybe some cameos, but like... What's going to happen with that? Where is the backlash going to happen? Is he going to be hunted now? Like, are they going to talk about this, right? And if they don't, I think it's a clear indication that maybe the reality that Spider-Man is in right now, maybe something happened where he did cross over into a multiverse in some way, shape, or form. Oh, that would be interesting. Right? And so yeah. the universe that he's in, which is why J.K. Simmons was J. Jonah Jameson, maybe he's now in that Spider-Man universe. That would be interesting. And, and how cool would it be to see Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man yeah. in a new Spider-Man movie? Yeah. Marvel, right? Marvel actually maybe takes a page out of the DC book and brings Tobey Maguire and or Andrew Garfield back. Oh. You know, that would be pretty dope. Oh, it's not like we've been talking about that for no. months and months on Ready, Set, Review. Yeah, you know, I, I think looking at the slate of movies they've got put out for Phase 4, um, they're, like, like I said, it really, Phase 4 really feels to me like a, both a wrap-up of Phase, like more of a wrap-up of Phase 3, as well as a setup for Phase 5. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of what's coming out in Phase 4 are TV shows. The Hawkeye show, the Winter Soldier show, yep. uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, Loki, yep. which we obviously know takes place in reality. The only big movies, really, are Thor and um, uh, Thor and uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, the Doctor um, Strange. You know, which will, that movie. one will go, and that one, if the title is to be believed, will go right. deep into the multiverse thing. But I really feel like that movie is going to be like a setup to the next uh, phase. But, yeah, that's an interesting point. I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll, they'll probably do a little bit of a time jump in the next movie, kind of show, you know, like... And especially now seeing, and, and we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll segue into this, but seeing now what CW has done with DC and all of the hype. Yeah. There is so much hype about the CW crossover that, like, it is going to be awesome. Yeah. And, like, we're so excited, like, every little piece of news, and we've gotten a chance to talk a little bit about it on the last episode. We're going to go back into it this episode because there's more news that's yeah, come totally. out. Yeah, totally. And it's just so super fucking exciting that, like, I just can't wait. But I need to – we need to finish – I want to finish talking about Spider-Man Far From Home first because the – the thing that I loved about this movie was, and they did this really well in, in Homecoming also, was the way they did the villain. They made you, they once again 
gave you a really rich, deep villain that you like really believed his motivations, you know, and like granted his motivations might have just been only slightly more complicated than revenge because the way they framed Quentin Beck was instead of, you know, in the comic books, he was a, a, a movie special effects guy that blames Spider-Man for the downfall of his career in the MCU. He is a former Stark employee. And his whole team of cronies are also either former Stark employees or people that were impacted by Stark in one way or another. And it's actually a really cool little – they do a really cool callback to Civil War where you find out that Quentin Beck is the one that invented the technology that Tony Stark used at the beginning of Civil War to do that whole scene with his parents where he's young. And then he like – you know Tony Stark just cast it aside, and obviously Quentin Beck was mad about it. So his whole motivation is revenge, but while still also kind of being like a – quote unquote hero. Yeah. And the whole thing is he wants to get control of Edith. So he basically, you know, becomes the quote hero he wants to be. You know, right. his definition of hero and everybody else's are obviously two very different things. But it makes right. for a really unique character. I really like the way they explained it. And I like the way that they you kind of go through like more than half the movie almost um, before they give you the reveal that, you know, Quentin Beck is the bad guy. And then you're sitting yeah. there waiting for it. You know, you're just like, okay, come on. Like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. And then when Peter Parker gives him Edith and that whole scene where they're just like the whole bar deconstructs and it's, it's a fake image. Like, that was just such a – so well done, such brilliant writing. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I, I think it would be really, really cool if it did come out where it was – the fact that Spider-Man is in a different universe, right? And then they can bring in, um, you know, kind of multiple different Spider-Man into one universe. What they've been talking about. They've literally been talking about it. You know? <laughs> I don't know how you went from the villain back to the multiverse. Well, I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? It's, I'm just fucking with you. It's, I mean, that's 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 literally like, you know, the, the villain, the multiverse. I'm just giving you a hard time because I see you're playing HQ well, at the same time as we're podcasting. Time. So uh, Whatever. It's like, it's like when a teacher knows you're not paying attention, so they try to catch you on something. Man, and I just won. I got some money, so whatever. <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'm back. We're here. Full attention. Um, so uh, the other thing that I really loved about so, – so here's the thing that I want to talk about because – People, I think, have mixed feelings about this. MJ. MJ. I love how they're doing MJ. I don't give a shit that they didn't make her a white, ginger, redhead, super sultry, slutty version that she was in the comic books. I like that they reimagined her. Was she slutty, her. though? Was she? Oh, she was a turbo slut. Are you kidding me? Mega slut. I mean, like, it's never, you know, it was the 70s when she first came out, so it was never really, it was always implied sluttery as opposed to full-on ho-ness, but, like, right. you know, it was definitely implied that she was, you know, because remember, you gotta remember, back in the day, it's like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the metaphor they always use is, like, party girl, you know, like, she liked to go to the clubs and she liked to dance or whatever. She was the and, popular girl. Exactly, and that was, right. that was just a thinly veiled way of calling right. her a slut. Like, that's right. the way it was, you know. Um, and that's why, that's why the relationship with, uh, Spider-Man was so interesting in the comic books because prior to, um, prior to Mary Jane, it was Gwen Stacy who was like, you know, your wholesome girl next door, you know, all-American blonde type of girl. She was like the exact opposite of Mary Jane. Right. So right. that's why that was really interesting in the comic books. But, you know, again, they totally, totally changed the character for the movies. And, and I don't even think they actually, unless I'm mistaken, they don't actually even call her Mary Jane. Um, they no, just they call just her call MJ, MJ, right? I don't think her name is Mary right, Jane. Right, I don't it's think not. so either. It's not. Um, but regardless, I, I'm fine with it. I yeah. like I like the way they did it. I think that uh, Zendaya and Tom Holland have good chemistry on screen. I like the way they're portraying her character because, again, it's, it's just they're adapting it for a modern audience. Like, you know, I mean, even back to when we were in high school, like those type of girls, like, didn't uh, uh, okay so they, they did exist i guess <laughs> but did they yeah, okay most uh, probably <laughs> we'll hold off shout outs yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll uh, stay quiet on that one but yeah, you, you know who you are you, though you know who you are <laughs> but yeah we i, I like thank the way you for being who you <laughs> we were. thank you for your service <laughs> thank you for your service ring 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 um yeah i liked it i, I like the way they did mj yeah i did too i I like her attitude. I like the 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 chemistry between both MJ and and Tom. I, I really liked, um, or Peter rather, Peter Parker. 
Um, I, I really liked the way they they kind of connected and, and developed and like the tension throughout the whole movie. And then at the end, obviously, yep. they reveal that they really like each other. Right. Which is like, OK, it's about time. It was very much like a Zach Morris, Kelly Kapowski, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Very, very Jim and Pam kind of thing that's going on. Right. And, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I um, love how they um, I, I love how they had her figure out that he was Spider-Man. Yeah. And that scene was great when he was trying to deny it. And yeah. she was just like, oh, it was just a hunch. I was, yeah. She's she was like, like oh, I'm I like 60%. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it was great. And I yeah. loved, loved, as, as a, again, Spider-Man Mark, the Ned and Betty love story was such an amazing little Easter egg for the comic books. Because in the comic books, as you should all know, Ned Leeds and Betty Brant had a very serious relationship in the comic books. Ned Leeds ends up becoming the Hobgoblin against his will because he's brainwashed by the original Hobgoblin, Roderick Kingsley, and ends up getting killed in an absolutely epic storyline involving the foreigner written by Peter David. Go read it. It's just – but that was a cool little Easter egg, their relationship. That was, I love that. Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. I really love the dynamic between those two characters and the fact that they have a love affair that starts on the airplane when they're sitting next to each other. <laughs> and then it's like super hot and intense, right? And they're like 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 a couple forever and then immediately <laughs> break up and then they're both like okay with it. And he's like, like neither one of them is heartbroken. They're just, yeah, no, yeah, things, and I love you it. know, we just, we're growing as people and we need to move on. Yeah. You know, it's just hilarious. And Ned like wants to be a bachelor. He's like, no girlfriends. Then he gets a girlfriend all of a sudden and then Peter's like, what happened to no girlfriends? He's like, those were the words of a boy. I am now a man. Like, it was just yeah, so fucking like, hilarious. Just like classic, like teen comedy nonsense. It was great. So here's the, here's the real question. What? Did she touch his pee-pee? Obviously. I mean, that's that he became a man. Right? Yeah, he became like, a man, that, clearly. Did she yeah. give him, like, some over-the-pants hand stuff? Dude, are you kidding me? Did you see yeah. those, those, that pearl necklace she was wearing? That girl was definitely a goer. <laughs> oh. Def- uh, those pearls ain't fooling anybody, sweetheart. I think you missed the point of that story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was, it was a really nice, like, comedic add to the film, and it really kind of broke the seriousness, because, you know, Avengers Endgame was very heavy, and there were a lot of heavy yeah. things to get carried over into this Spider-Man movie, and, you know, um, and they did a really good job with it, in my opinion, and it's just, like, now, with everything that's happened with the end credit scene, it's it where does that leave us where does it leave us with spider-man and i i have a feeling that that question is not going to get answered and that's frustrating it definitely needs to be addressed i don't care if it gets answered but it needs to be addressed yeah yes and and this is where i said i think we're going to get a lot of like I, i feel like a lot of the the main stories for phase four are going to be kind of paused a little bit almost because again like you know the any, no matter how much I think into the stories of the TV shows that are coming out, Spider-Man doesn't fit into any of that. He can make an appearance in the Multiverse of Madness, depending on where Thor takes place. If it takes place mostly on Earth, he can make an appearance there, but I don't think we're really going to see him until Phase 5. Or the, or the next, unless there's like a crossover movie that happens, like or like like a like an Avengers, uh, you know, four, if you will, that happens early in Phase Five. Right. I don't think we're gonna see him until his next movie. Yeah, I mean that could be true, unless we get a swerve and they do something that not a lot of people are predicting or betting on, and that is bring Spider-Man into the Venom movies. I was just gonna say that. I yeah. Was what just, if? What if Venom? goes after Spider-Man because he knows that he thinks that Spider-Man is the villain. Well, because Kevin Feige did actually address that for the first time ever. There's a, an article circulating. I, I, I want to say it's more of a rumor. I think he might have just sort yeah. of addressed it in passing. But he Kevin Feige like, likes to like throw yeah, little, like, you know? like little sound bits out yeah. there. Just real wank stuff for fans. Right? Like, like, when you talk really? about, oh, there's you know, so many X-Men that we want to bring into the universe, and then no X-Men movies yeah. are added into Phase 5. No, you know? completely agree. <laughs> and he, cause he, he did say, you know, he's, he's like, I can see he's like, I can see the potential for Venom and Spider-Man to, to cross over. And that would actually be a really great way to continue the Spider-Man story without having to make an MCU proper movie in the next couple years. Yeah. And speaking of Venom... And to keep Venom as a lethal protector and to keep him in that, you know, sort of like anti-hero kind of element. 
Like he wants to kill Spider-Man because he thinks that Spider-Man is the ultimate bad guy. Which would be a great way to do that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and speaking of Venom, Venom 2 got its director. It was announced that its director is going to be Andy Serkis. I have questions. Dun, dun, dun. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> How did... Who... Who like, made the the decision? I don't. I mean, like, why? I mean, let's be fair. Okay, we're we're talking about Gollum. We're talking about yeah. Caesar from Planet of the Apes. Snow Claw in the MCU. Snow. Snow. Yeah. The guy is a great actor, and he's known for his motion capture work. He was and he's one. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's phenomenal at it. Yeah. But as far as directing is concerned, the only big credit he has to his name, which arguably is not very good is uh what's it called mowgli mowgli yeah yeah i, I think it's called like mowgli a jungle yeah book jungle tale, book tale yeah something like that like yeah. so that's i saw it on netflix one time I yeah i mean i haven't watched it i guess i have to so, okay here's what i'll say it's very much like the lion king where they try and live kind of live action yeah. animals but still personify them and it's like so you know what let's be fair though let's give it a fair shake because sure here's what i will say because we, again, Ready, Set, Review was not around at the time when Spider-Man Homecoming came out. That's a perfect, actually, topic to discuss. The director of Spider-Man Homecoming is, and, and Far From Home, actually, is a guy named John Watts. Yes. John Prior Watts. to being hired to direct Homecoming, his biggest credit was a movie called Cop Car. And that movie was actually a great movie. But in terms of what Spider-Man is and what Cop Car was, the two could not be farther apart. Like, yeah. we are talking, like... Apples and atomic particles. Like, they are <laughs> not be farther apart. Yeah. So, I want to just say, like, they must see something in him to be able to say, hey, this guy that did this Jungle Book fucking movie can also direct a comic book movie. I mean, I'm not going to rule it out. I mean, he's played comic book characters. Yeah. Does that mean he can direct a comic book movie? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm not concerned but i'm not like jumping out of my seat yeah either. i'm not excited it's not like they were telling me quentin tarantino or robert rodriguez <laughs> or like you know somebody like who's big and has done big name movies that are like over the top and wild like is going to be directing this movie no and venom the first one i mean it got mixed reviews right like we both liked it, it. Good. We, i i loved it i loved it because of like which if you go back and listen i love it because of how long it is it's like an hour and 45 minutes man you're in you're out done it's great it's a great action movie it's hilarious and that was the only thing i didn't like i, I thought it should have been that. longer and i loved that i thought it was great the only the, the thing i didn't like about it was that the first fight is against other symbiotes like it took years yeah. and years it was probably i even i want to say like no, actually, when did Maximum Carnage come out? It was actually just a couple of years later. Yeah, no, it was in the mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and like when Ven and Venom came out in the 80s, late 80s? Yeah, Venom was introduced in the late 80s. Yeah, I want to say like 88. Yeah, it was like 88. So. And then, but like I said, though, you know, like, I mean, and then the Venom's Avengers. first solo storyline is actually kind of what happened in the movie, um, like where he goes up against other symbiotes. Um, cause he, he, he's out in San Francisco cause like him and Spider-Man have like called off a truce. Um, if the first run of Venom Lethal Protector, they've called the truce, Venom moves to San Francisco really? and he gets involved with the Life Foundation. Right. And the Life Foundation is essentially trying to do what they were trying to do in the movie is, is, uh, uh, create more symbiotes. Now, obviously in the comic books, the Venom was much more known at the time. It wasn't like, you know, the cart before the horse as it was in the movie where the symbiote was just getting introduced. But it was a very similar storyline um, where they created these evil symbiotes, um, but the villain was much more the corporation than it was the symbiote. So they changed it for the movie to give you that big action scene where a symbiote's yeah. fighting symbiote. Yeah. And, like, you know, and that was a cool scene, but, like, you know, it was very dark. They were both black. It was kind of hard yeah. to see what was going on, yeah. you know? Very same problem with Game of Thrones. Yeah. It was way too dark. And they're like, turn yeah. the brightness up on your movie yeah, screen, bro. Yeah, come on. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I 100% I agree. But look, I'll give him a fair shake, you know? Until I hear about a story, until I hear about, like, what's going to be happening in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a lot of things that could change our opinion about the movie 
um, and from where it goes. And so, you know, like, let's let's give them a fair shake. Here's know, what they need to chance. do, though. Here's what they need to do. If Spider-Man's not going to be in this movie, okay, they need to give it a hard art. Because that was one thing mm. that they just really skirted around the edges. And not even like, and I'm not even saying you need a hard R because it needs to be overly gory or have a lot of like cursing in it and stuff. It just needs to be able to not be afraid to do that. You are know? You, are you suggesting that it needs tentacle rape? No. What? <laughs> How else would you get a hard R? All right, listen, we. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean, okay? Yeah, well, I mean, because, like, that's the only way that Venom is going to get a hard R is through the ridiculous over the top violence, but then it's so animated and so ridiculous and over the top that it's like, it's like Deadpool. It's funny, right? But, see that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, even if you take, like, take the scene. Where he bit the guy's head off, and and uh, right, if they had shown it instead of right. just implied it, like just right. like just yeah. that, like just give us that little additional bit of gore and a little bit of additional like edginess to it, and that's all you need to do. Just just tap it in. Yeah. Just tap, just tap it in. Tap it right in there. Just tap it in. So I'm I'm predicting. That's my prediction. Is that the best way to make this great is to bring in Spider-Man into the Venom universe. Right, I agree. Like it would, it would be as surprising and as shocking as it was to see Spider-Man in the MCU for the first time. It would be to see him go back to Sony and be a part of Sony because he's owned by Sony, right? So it would be really surprising. It would be really shocking. It'd be really cool if we if we get fucking Woody Harrelson oh, with that sideshow Bob haircut, Fucking Cletus Cass. Whose idea was that? You're fired immediately. And he goes, fired. You can tell, like, he was cringing when he had to deliver that line. He's like, it's going to be carnage. I was like, oh my God. Arguably the worst scene in the movie. Like, arguably, like, just. So awful, and the dude, the sideshow Bob, you nailed yeah, it. Like, I mean, it was terrible. And why Woody Harrelson? He's a little old to play uh, play uh, Cletus Cassidy. I mean, to be fair, I think Woody Harrelson is crazy enough in real life to like pull that part off. Like, have you ever seen Natural Born Killers? Like, yeah, I think at the time that Natural Born yeah, Killers was made, he he's would be okay to do this part, but he's not that guy anymore. He's There's that so old. many other people that you could give this part to. Forget it. No way, man. I would have given it to I would have given it to the guy that I talked about a few episodes ago that did the Joker in Gotham, Cameron Monaghan. Yeah. He he's a yeah. little ginger fuck and yeah. he would he plays crazy people really well apparently. <laughs> a little ginger fuck, that's not appropriate. What? what they don't have souls. <laughs> this is fact. Science. Tell us what you think. Do gingers have souls? <laughs> Write in ready set review at <laughs> next <email>. week. <laughs> we discuss whether or not gingers have souls. Uh, can we talk about Kevin Conroy? Yeah, uh, we can talk about Kevin Conroy really quickly. I want to just a quick aside. Um, I listened. So when we were in high school, I was a big fan of a comedian named Stephen Lynch. Stephen Lynch sings his comedy, and he did a very funny song called special ed where he was singing about his special friend ed we have a special friend named ed <laughs> no no special ed i used to die laughing at this song it was one of the funniest things i remember dying i probably haven't listened to this song in maybe eight to ten years wait are we about to get banned from soundcloud we might be because awesome. Let's I, do it. I listened to Let's this do it. i listened to this song recently and man is it wildly offensive <laughs> like i was like like deeply shocked and like <laughs> horrified almost about how offensive the song was and like it's really like interesting to see where we've come as a society <laughs> i'm like dude you could never put that song out <laughs> i remember it being funny so like is that bad i don't know who knows Stephen lynch a man you were a i was a fan now, mm, not so much, man. I mean, man. it's probably <laughs> still funny. Like, I mean... He's just a little bit special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just talking about his special friend. like Special friend Ed. Oh, it's who, so good. His That's... mother dropped him on his head. <laughs> now he thinks he's a piece of bread. <laughs> See, but that's not offensive, though, because no, but when he's he does, not when implying... He does the voice, when he does the voice. But he's not <laughs> implying that he was born that way. It's his mom's fault. Uh, mm, the song is really right. making fun of his mom. Uh, 
Yes. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> anyway, back to the review. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, let's let's talk about what we really want to talk about, what we're really excited about, um, and what we hope that everyone out there listening is going to tune in and watch. I hope you watch it live. I hope you give it the ratings. I, 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 I literally – I mean, it's something that we have literally been talking about for months and months and months and it's an idea that we've had that we wanted to happen on the big screen Dude. and unfortunately we're not going to get it on the big screen but even better this is arguably it, better it's arguably better yeah and and we're going to get it on the small screen dc and, is listening dude, they are they are true reviewers yeah so you true reviewers out there know that you're in good company because dc is literally listening to us yeah because what if there is anything that I have been talking about for the longest time, what is the one thing that you hate me for the most? And that is Batman Beyond. It is not going to be Batman Beyond. I'm well, telling you that right now. I disagree. It's I not going to be Batman Beyond. It's very clearly that's exactly the character that he's going to be no, playing. No, it's going to be KC Batman. Oh, Oh, it's going to be oh, Kingdom Come Batman. Oh, interesting. Yes. Oh, interesting. So let's let's uh, let's fill in everybody to what we're talking about. It was announced this past Sunday that Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, he voiced Batman in Batman the Animated Series, which was the animated series that went through the 90s. He was the voice of Batman in Justice League. He was also, in my opinion, uh, almost as important as Batman the Animated Series. He was the voice of Batman in the Arkham Asylum, Arkham oh, City, yeah. Arkham Knight video games. And he was in contention for the Nolan trilogy as Batman. As Batman. Before right. they cast Christian Bale. Right. And because, and that was when he was a little bit younger. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And which I think he would have done a great job. Obviously. You know? And yeah. he just, he didn't have maybe the live acting chops. He wasn't in shape enough. He, well, didn't, he didn't have the he's, size. He yeah. He's, he's, he, if you ever see, he's kind of tall and lanky a yeah. little bit. Like he's, you know, it's not that he's not in shape. He's just like, He's really tall. And skinny. Yeah, skinny. He's yeah. like lanky. He's, yeah, not, you know, he's not, not big. Yeah. You know, right, yeah. You know, like, if I saw him, I, I wouldn't believe that he could yeah. beat up me. In right, fire, he's like a goon. You know, you know yeah. he's like a goon. You're like, whatever. Yeah. You know, if I get him down to the ground, you know, maybe I have a shot. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's fucking... But anyway, um, although in Fight Club, they always say skinny guys fight to the bone. You know, they those bony elbows they hit you with, they dig into you. Yeah, and skinny yeah. guys always do better in jujitsu too. The tall skinny guys always much better in yeah, jujitsu. They weasel their way out of shit. Yeah, because they're like Mr. Fantastic. They just wrap their legs around you seventeen hundred yeah. times. You just gotta you choke gotta, you. You just gotta go with what Dalton says in Roadhouse. Like I don't care how big you are, you take a man's knees out. They go dropping like a tree. <laughs> oh man, that's one of my favorite scenes, dude. When yeah. when Sam uh, when Sam Elliott kicks the guy in the knee, he goes, "Oh damn, that hurts." Yeah, bet that hurt. Don't it? <laughs> he punches the other guy in the dick, and yeah. he's just like, "Oh," which was Terry Funk. Yeah, it's yeah, Terry Funk. Oh right? boy, that looks like it hurt. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Anyway, so uh, Kevin Conroy is going to be playing an older version of Batman in the. Crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, this is the Arrowverse that we're talking about. So it's Arrow, it's Flash, it's Supergirl. Um, now, those are the main shows, but there's also um, Legends, of Legends of Tomorrow. However, they're also now connecting it with Titans from DC. Wait, uh, are they actually doing that? Titans are going to be in it, yeah. Are you sure about 100% that? 100% sure. Really? Not only that, but Burt Ward is going to be in it. I know that. And he's going to be playing. So they're now and they're they're tying also... in the 1960s Batman as well. And they're also bringing Black Lightning into yes, the Yes, and they're also bringing well, in Black Lightning. Because that's been independent. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, it's a great show. It's good, yeah. It's Black a, Lightning is good, very, yeah. very respectable, very good show. But Kevin Conroy is going to be coming in and playing an older version of Batman. Now, the question being, um, is he now going to be essentially the guy in the chair, as they describe it in Spider-Man? Yeah. Right? Is he going to be Batman behind the scenes who is now working with Batwoman? Right. Right? Because apparently Batman has been off-world or away for like three years or so. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I think like nobody's seen him in three years. I think there's one. Of, yeah, there's one of two ways they're gonna go with it because during Elseworlds they establish that Batman is no longer around, but they don't really explain why, which is fine. Now Batwoman, remember, will have its uh, inaugural season when all of the other shows are running through their you know fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth seasons, and she will be part of Crisis on Infinite Earths as well. So I think there's one of two ways they're going to go with it. They're either going to have him be the Bruce Wayne in the main universe that connects to Batwoman. Right. 
or he's going to be an older Bruce Wayne that is in the universe where Brandon Routh's Casey Superman is. And either way, will be fucking dope. I don't care how they do it. Just the fact that we're going to get him is like, and this is like such a, this is such a mark out moment for fans like us because, you know, like as Anthony was saying, for us especially, who grew up with the Batman animated series, Kevin Conroy, more so than anybody, is not just the voice of Batman, he is Batman. Yeah, dude, like, that dude so is much Batman. more. Like, yeah. And there's been like scattered, like one off movies that he's done. Like they did that movie Public Enemy, yeah. which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, it was an animated movie and he voiced Batman in that movie as well. Yeah, right? and, you. yeah and he's just he is Batman. Like yeah. he he's the one who can really do the difference in the two voices without being like the over the top Christian Bale where it's like yep. what you know, or or the Ben Affleck, why did you say that name? Yeah. Or the Christian Bale, dude, do I look like a cop? Right? Yeah. Where he does the difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman really, really just, well. It's so fluid, and it's yeah. so natural and it's so good. And I just I'm so excited to see him on the live screen. You know, even if it's the small screen, I'm really excited and to see what they're going to do with him. And like I mean, literally, that's what we've been talking about for months is that this is something that is arguably DC's strongest storyline that they need to bring forward into the mainstream and they need to put it on TV. And we're getting it. It's going to be so good. We're literally getting it's it. It's going to be so and good. And not only are we getting it, they're literally like they're going out of their way to just do all of the fan service, right? Where they're bringing in Burt Ward. As an older Robin, like as Robin, like after he's already aged, like he, how might, he might not even be Robin. Maybe, he could just be anybody. Well, yeah. maybe he's like Dick Grayson, yeah. like chief of police, right? Right? Maybe he's the commissioner of Gotham now, right? Dude. Maybe he's the chief commi- like the commissioner. Can you imagine if Adam West was still alive? Oh my! How fucking God. like I mean, epic. They, he obviously he obviously would have been, been in it. Yeah, he obviously would have been. They had to settle for Burt Ward I know. because they couldn't get Adam West. Oh my God! Yeah. I I and this will never happen. And they my, have. And they have Dean Cain, who's going to be in yeah, it. Yeah, amazing. And they have Brandon Ruth, who's going to be in it, right, I, as Superman. I wish, if if he didn't command such a high price tag, I would give my fucking left and right testicle to see Jack Nicholson come back in a Joker cameo. Wow. Like, that would just be... Or what about Mark Hamill? For, like, 30 seconds. Just or, have him in. Or either one. Like, oh, that would be, man. Just, just... Even if it was just, like, a scene where it was off-screen, you don't even see Mark Hamill. You just, you just hear, hear the, laugh. the laugh. Yeah. The Joker laugh that he does. Man... Oh, just real wank stuff for dude, fans. Seriously. Dude, just real wank stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> watch them, I, th- I think I said this last week. Watch them bring back Gene Hackman. <laughs> like, oh, bring him out man. of retirement to play Lex Luthor. <laughs> He's not dead. We, we talked about dead? We addressed this last week. <laughs> Listen, I know we were really drunk when we recorded last week, uh, but Gene Hackman yeah. is not dead. He's right. just He's retired. He's just retired. <laughs> you yeah. thought I was dead, but I was <laughs> just, just unconscious. Just unconscious. That's a little uh, joke from a movie called uh, Scampire. Oh, Scarecrow Slayer. Slayer. Two. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Scarecrow's Gone Wild. Yeah, Scarecrow's yeah, Gone Wild. Yeah, that was a uh, Ken Shamrock was in that movie, yeah. and he played Ken Shamrock basically. Uh, and he has a fight with the Scarecrow, and like it looks like he's he's dead. He gets killed, and then at the very end, after the whole movie has resolved, he just shows up, yeah, and it was like out of nowhere. Everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And he goes, he literally says. You thought I was dead, but I was just unconscious. If you're a fan of schlock and you're a fan of bad movies, like movies that are so bad they're hilarious, uh, watch Scarecrow Slayer. It's Dude, amazing. It is Scarecrow's the schlockiest. Dude, it is amazing. Was Scarecrow Ken Shamrock? Was Scarecrow Slayer was the first one? Scarecrow Slayer where um, where the girl randomly finds like a rocket launcher on the farm and blows him up at the end. Like, yes, I think that's actually. Like the Scarecrow is jumping yeah, at her. She pulls out the watch rocket both of those. launcher. I remember right? we yeah. actually like, did see both of them. That's like they're literally on a farm, <laughs> and she's just like, "Oh wait, here's like a fucking rocket launcher." You're just like, "What?" Oh man, oh, just so good, just so good. Dude, that was back in the day when man, say what you will about streaming and all that like you know whatever like cutting the cord i'm all about it but there is something to be said for a fucking friday night when you're just like burnt out from the week you don't have anything else to do you all all you want to do is just sit out 
chill and smoke a bowl and you go to Blockbuster and you go in that shitty section in Blockbuster where all the B movies oh, are man. and you skim through and you're picking based off of just the description on the back of the box and the cover and, and the, the cover shitty art. cover and art, the cover art. Yeah. and you dude like we used to have days like that every like you know not like a, I guess we didn't get laid a lot in high school like whatever <laughs> we did that in high school like every Friday night we'd be at Blockbuster getting our snacks getting our shitty B movies and we'd just watch them all night Man, Blockbuster was lit on a Saturday on a Friday Dude, it night. Was, man. Blockbuster was the place to be. It was, it was so crowded. Oh man. And then if you got cool, you could go to like like people would be like trying to be hipster and they'd be like, oh, I actually prefer Hollywood video. Yeah, like, Hollywood video, video. You know, like all those <laughs> other like they, they wanted to be Blockbuster. Hollywood video. But, that place uh, sucked. Yeah, no, but yeah, really excited getting back on topic here. Uh, <laughs> what? No, we've gone off topic. Oh, yeah, we're right. The wheels right, so, are so, off. <laughs> so, Crisis on Infinite Earths, it comes out in December. Tune into CW, watch the shows, get up to speed on the shows on Netflix. If you haven't seen them, go check them out. Um, it's plenty available. If you don't have a Netflix subscription, I mean, I Netflix. don't know, like Netflix. borrow one. Netflix, net, Netflix, Netflix, borrow a Netflix subscription. You yeah. can do that. Yeah, it's easy. Use someone's login, man. I'm That's pretty what sure ninety I, fucking five percent of the people do anyway. I think you use my Hulu login. I do use your Hulu login, yeah. and I use my fiance's uh, Amazon login. And I use your WWE login. <laughs> it's like a hug. It's just a big <laughs> hug. Like everybody pays for a different element, and we all get to see everything, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, oh wait, okay. One last thing I want to address before we go for the night, because <laughs> it occurred to me when I was mixing last week's episode, because we were really drunk when we filmed last week or when we recorded last week's episode. It was lit though. That it was, was a good great. episode. I, great. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys out there enjoyed it. As so well. some of you were probably wondering why we were playing bluegrass at the beginning and why we were like <laughs> yipping and hemming and hawing. And we, we had every intention of explaining <laughs> that it. opening. Um, but the reason why was because the week prior to recording that episode, um, why we skipped a week of recording was because the week prior, Anthony and I were the bunch of our best friends at Gray Fox. Yep. And Gray Fox is a bluegrass music festival that takes place up in the Catskills in Oak Hill, New York. Uh, it's, it's more or less a week long, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and we've been going, well, Anthony's been going for like, what, 10 years now? Yeah, this was my 10th year yeah. going. This was my sixth year. It's all of our best friends. It's our boys in the Dark City Strings and all of our other friends. We all go. Yeah. We get up there. We party all week long. We set up a big campsite, and it is just a an absolutely euphoric experience. And we were still high on Gray Fox when we recorded that episode. We <laughs> had every intention of talking about it. And then we just uh, immediately skipped it. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of skipped over it because we got off on the tangents, as we are uh, known to do. But, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully you guys can stick with us and follow us. We try and keep it. Uh, we, we, we actually, you know, write down our topics and actually have notes yeah, We now. really are prepared. You know, we, we just we, we do. We just, we, we like just. It doesn't always pan out guys. that way. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't always pan out that way. We try. So, right before we go, though, let's just touch on this really awesome fact, right? And let's, let's just touch right on the last thing. It's a good way because we don't have winner of the week this week because i don't know because we haven't done winter of the week in like weeks we abandoned that it's it's summertime uh (laughs) we're concerned with like the beach and like when can i get there and day drinking yeah right it's a lot of day drinking but let's talk about the last thing that we want to talk about tonight is something that we both find absolutely hysterically funny because it is in absolute antithesis of social justice warriors out there um and that is Kanye West. Kanye West had a meeting with Danny McBride. Now, Danny McBride, you know him from uh, a bunch of different movies. I mean, he is—he's been in he's found it down, Express. baby. He's found it down. He's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's hilarious. Uh, he was in Tropic Thunder. Oh, he was one of my favorite characters in Tropic Thunder. He's just—he's a great actor. He's absolutely hilarious. But you know who he's not? Kanye West. <laughs> However, in typical I, Kanye fashion, Kanye <laughs> wants Danny McBride to play him in a Kanye West <laughs> biopic. Like, okay, just it's awesome. It's, it's so awesome. awesome. And it's Kanye who wants it. I know, we were talking Kanye about this. Kanye wants Danny McBride to play him. 
we were, a Kanye West biopic. We were talking about this before, and Anthony was like, this can't be real. I'm like, no, it's real. Like, it's he actually it asked an article me, that read, like, the onion. Like, yeah, like, but, but here's the thing. It's like, your first thought is, wait a minute, obviously he's white. Why would he want to do this? But... It's Kanye West. This is what Kanye West does. His entire existence is just to get a rise out of people. Yeah. Like he didn't actually he doesn't actually like Donald Trump. He was just trying to promote his new album. He's just a troll. Like he, he just he's, he's just like, a fucking troll. And that's the thing. Like, I used to think that Kanye was dumb. Like, I've actually listened to his hip hop and he's he's incredibly talented. The guy is no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The guy is very, very talented if you're a fan of hip hop. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I didn't really think that he was that smart, but now, more than ever, I just think that this guy is no, a fucking super genius. genius. This yeah. guy is a genius. This is a, this is a pro move. A like, 100% pro move. Just like, what if Kanye endorses and makes Danny McBride wear blackface? But see, but see, I think, so I think it would like, be even is it better. Okay? Is no, it not so, okay? No, here's how they should do it. They should, like, Michael Jackson it, like... When they show show scenes of him of Kanye as a child and have a have a black actor play him when he's like you know 10, 11 years old, and then when you fast forward to the present, make it Danny McBride, but just don't address it. Yeah, just, just don't, don't address, address it, it yeah, at he all. Turns from he black turns white, white. Like Michael Jackson. Just don't like, address <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, like maybe one line of dialogue, like yeah. Iron Man, like yeah, whatever. I'm here. Yeah. I'm, is, like, yeah, exactly. Like me, when Rick Rudy shows up, it's me. On. I'm here. It's one line of dialogue. Oh, I'm glad we really invented that. Uh, yeah, whatever whatever machine yeah. makes him yeah. white. It's yeah. fine. That's yeah, great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you yeah. for tuning in. As always, uh, we'll keep on following up on all of the things we talked about tonight. Uh, go read that article by Chris Smith. And, yeah, uh, and leave tell him a he's a piece of shit. Yeah, tell him what an idiot he is. <laughs> uh, go see Hobbs and Shaw. We're going to go see that yeah, also. Yeah, go check it out. Um, it looks like a pretty fun movie. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, follow subscribe, our shit. Follow, subscribe yeah, subscribe you know, on usual. SoundCloud. Subscribe on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. You know, send us an email at readysetreview at gmail.com. Um, you know, we're just ready set, at, at readysetreview on Instagram. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, give us a follow, give us a like, make a comment, let us know what you think, and uh, as always, stay tuned, true reviewers.